Well, this is week number one of a series we're calling Win Your Battle. Win Your Battle. Every one of us has battles. The question is, are you going to win? Are you going to win? And so the problem is what we see is not all there is. And so oftentimes we, we miss the unseen realm. And so we've got to understand that to, we've got to deal with this realm to win our battles. And we're going to help you with that in this series. And, and this series really has, and you think, you probably say, well, pastor, you say this every series, because I, I believe it. This series has the power to transform your life. It really does. So let's, let's begin with this question today. What's your battle? What is your battle? What's the struggle that's so difficult to win? Could be loving a particular person. Eyes on me. Don't turn and look at them. <laughs> Just stay right with me, right? Could be someone. It could be a lifelong struggle with lust or destructive thoughts. It could be anxiety, fearfulness, unforgiveness, confusion. Could be some sort of sin. It could be an addiction. It's possibly an experience that's debilitating you from the past. And you just haven't got free of it. You haven't worked through that. Uh, it, it, could, it could be managing money. It could be leading your family well. could be a whole bunch of things in your life. And this morning, I had a battle. My breakfast I'm, is pretty standard. It's uh, three quarters of a half cup. Your, your algebra and your math in high school pays off. So if your wife has, has dirtied that, that measuring cup, you can do the math in your head to figure out what's equivalent right? And then, uh, so that's oatmeal, and then some, some fruit, and one egg. That's my breakfast. That's a healthy breakfast. That's a good breakfast. Now, here's the thing. You ever had that egg that had a little bit of a soft shell? So this morning, you know, you got to fight the devil from the moment you get up. This morning, I'm cracking my egg, and the gap is this big. And between the cracking, I know you're supposed to do it on the pan, but I'm not that good. <laughs> cracking it on the plate to getting it in the, in the pan, I opened it up. It opened up too fast and went right on the, on the oven top. That was my battle this morning. I, I just want to report I kept a good attitude and I cleaned it up. Come on, women, do you give me, come on, give me some props for that. I cleaned it up, right? Now, this series is really going to help you. If, if you do two things, here's the first one. You got to know the battle you're trying to win. You say, I have so many, I don't know which one. Pick one. Pick one that you want to win. And here's the thing. Second, apply the teaching. If you don't apply what you're going to hear in this series, it will do you no good. It'll be encouraging. It'll be uplifting, but it's not going to be transformative to your life. So we've got to lean in and we've got to do it. So do you have a battle area in mind? Everybody got one? All right. Hopefully you have that battle. So here's what I know about your battle. First of all, it's personal. It's very personal. Most likely the battle you have in mind is an area of challenge that you've had for a long time. It's something that maybe you've dealt with personally your whole life. You, you, you know what it is, and there may be others, particularly your family, who know what that battle is. Regardless, though, Winning that battle is really important to you. Why is that? Because it's cost you dearly in your life. You've lost things because of that particular area, whether it was financially, relationally, spiritually, emotionally, some, some, some way you, you've lost something from it. 
And, and you say, well, pastor, why is the battle so fierce in this area? The reason is because the enemy wants to use it to destroy you. That's his way of getting in. Here's what John 10.10 10 says out of the Amplified. The thief comes only. Underline that word in your Bible. Only reason he comes is to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil never comes and says, have a good day. He never says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, that's never the devil. He's always out to destroy. Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So, So here's the thing. All of history is clear. All of your life is clear. The devil is working to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is trying to get you an abundant life. But 1 Peter 5, 8 says this, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Your enemy, first thing you could write, your enemy isn't who you think it is. It's the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Well, that someone is us. You and it's me. He's, he's always prowling. He's always looking for an angle in. He's always looking for an open door. So first of all, your battle's very personal. Second thing is, it's winnable. It's winnable. Now, for some of you, you've given up on ever winning that personal struggle. You're just like, it's never going to happen. It's, it's too late. But I love what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now here's what I know about your life. Footholds become strongholds. And strongholds become your battle. That's the thing. You, so so we, 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 win, we can win the battle when it's a battle, but the best time to win it is when it's just a little toehold and the enemy's trying to get in. If you get the, bat, the victory then, it's going to be uh, much better. Now, demolishing the enemy's strongholds sounds to me like winning. Doesn't it? It's, it's winning. It's, it's winning. So, so to, I want you to start believing that you can win your battle. If you apply what the word says. So your battle is personal. It's winnable. Here's the third thing I know about it. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. You thought the battle was that person or that habit or that thing. It's not. It's spiritual. Whatever your battle has, is called, whatever its name is, the origin of that is spiritual. That doesn't mean we go around with a demon behind every bush and all that, but you just need to know it's spiritual. Ephesians 6:12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. How many times do you need to read evil and powers and rule? It's not what you think it is. It's against them. So it's not against people. It's against the spiritual forces that are feeding and seeding into people. They're doing things because somebody else, someone else, the enemy is behind it. Now, when you see in the Bible, you hear the word spiritual, you need to know spirit world is what it means. The unseen realm, it's a spirit world. So to to win the spirit world battle, we've got to fight with spirit world weapons. Amen? Amen? So, so 
to summarize, even though your battles are very personal, very winnable, here's the thing. They're winnable because they're spiritual. I want, you, I want that to sink into you this morning. If they were just natural fleshly battles against yourself, then that's a big problem. That's a civil war. And nobody, I mean, there can be winners in a civil war, but it's, the losses are tremendous on both sides. So you're not fighting against yourself. You're fighting against the forces of, of darkness. Amen? And so we, we've got we've to understand that. We win because the fight we fight is a spiritual fight. So your battle is against a spiritual force that is separate and distinct from who you are as a person. It affects who you are as a person, but it is not you. It is not you. It is an, an alien enemy. Devo, the de, demons and their power, the devil and the demon, demonic powers that are trying to come against you. You say, Pastor, I came for a good time this morning. I was hoping to have some fun, but I don't know about you, but just defeating some demons is fun to me. Come on. Amen. We win. We win. So you got to understand that. You've got to be, be following that. And here's the good news. Jesus has already won the spiritual battle. That's why we can win. And so you, if you're on the winning team, you can win too. If you learn the winning principles, you can win too. Now, you, you may be thinking, well, pastor, if this is all true, then why am I not winning my battle? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Look with me at Hosea 4.6. It says, my people, and I'm, I'm going to shorten it for our interest of our conversation or message this morning. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, for rejected knowledge, and the way you could say it is forgotten knowledge. That's why we're destroyed. So let me give you three thoughts of why we lose our battles. You can't make it up. You just read the Bible. First of all, lack of knowledge. It's hard to win a battle you don't know you're in. It's hard to win a battle you don't understand how to win. And so this series is designed to help you grab a hold of some knowledge so you can apply it in your life and you can begin taking steps towards winning your battle. The truth is what you don't know can hurt you. So we're destroyed by lack of knowledge. We're also destroyed by rejected knowledge. Rejected knowledge. Now, rejection of, of, of God's knowledge comes in several forms. Um, there's active rejection. No, I don't want nothing to do with that or... Or I tried that and it doesn't work. And, and, and that's active rejection. Um, but there's also what I would call pre-knowledge rejection. Here's what that is. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to spend with the Lord. I got important things to do. And so before we even get a chance to get in the Word and have God, by the Spirit of God, reveal something to us, we've already rejected it. That doesn't mean you have to spend 23 and a half hours a day reading your Bible, but, but, you, but you should be in. What we teach you on Sunday should get you started for the week, and you can get in the Word, and you can find out, and you can pull out, because God, you're reading that, and the Holy Spirit, is He going to reveal some things to you that you need to know for your battle? So don't, don't reject that knowledge. So, and, and another form of rejection is hearing and not applying. We know, but we don't do. The greatest gap in the world is between what we know and what we do. My leadership men mentor says that if we did what we know to do, we'd be skinny, rich, and happy. 
I mean, we just, we just don't, we can't do it at all. I've heard pastors say, I'm going to preach the same message till everybody gets it, you know? Because we, we just hear, we just want, come on, what you got new for us, pastor? What you got new for us? You all don't say that. I've heard other people do, but y'all don't, aren't that way. And it, here's the thing. The third thing is forgotten knowledge. So it's lack of knowledge, rejected knowledge, and then there's some things, just think back. Some of you that have lived a little while, there's some things you used to do and you used to really walk in victory in some areas, and over time it just kind of waned. I told somebody the other day, one of my, one of my dreams is to finish my race strong. And I don't think it gets easier as you get older. I actually think it gets harder. And the reason it gets harder is because you can easily say, oh, I know that. I heard that. Oh, you all think you're coming up with something new. We were doing that 40 years ago. And you get in that place where it's not alive and it's not fresh and it's not real to you anymore. And you just, you've kind of forgotten that knowledge. Here's what John 8, 31 says. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you re remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. Notice the words here, remain faithful to his teachings. In the Greek, the word there that we translate as abide, another translation says abide in him, it means to remain, to stay and to wait. The interesting thing about that word is it's not a noun or an adverb. It is a verb. Go back to your elementary education. What's a verb? It's an action word. So this act of abiding is an active thing that we've got to remain with effort and, and, and pursuit to remain in faithfulness to his words. Amen? It, it, it's, it's not passive. Abiding is never passive. It's active. It's like telling, it's football season. I like football. I like the strategy of it. I like, I like the, a lot of the hitting of it. I just like football. You know, I was never good at playing it, but I, I like to play flag football. I did that, you know, broken bones playing football. But, but, but here's the thing. I, when you're going to hold, when they say hold the line of scrimmage, you know, in a, in a, in a football game, the, the, the big hunks up in the middle that are trying to open a hole for the offense or get through for the defense, that you, you don't just hold the line. If you're trying to hold, you're going to lose. You're, you're, you're abiding, you're holding the line is actually active forcing back the enemy. Forcing back the opposition. So you've got to understand that. Now, the other thing that's interesting about this verse, it's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth you know. Because this battle is personal. Just because pastor knows it or your small group leader knows it or your spouse knows it doesn't mean the same as, it, as you knowing it. And knowing has got to drop from your head to your heart. There's about 18 inches. You can intellectually give assent to something, but when you get it down in you that you know that you know that you know that you know, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. And that's where we've got to get to. So, so the thing is, we often lose our battles because we don't know about or how to fight the spiritual battles. We reject the truth that would help us win the spiritual battle. And, we used, and the truth we used to know, we've forgotten how to apply and how to use to win. In other words, 
we're not fighting properly. We're not fighting in a way to win. So to win a spiritual battle, you've got to learn to fight spiritually. You've got to engage in the, in the battle. Now here's the thing. Prayer, and we love getting those prayer requests, and our team, and we love to pray for you, and it's important. And getting people to pray for you is one of the strategies that you can utilize to win your battle. But at the end of the day, none of those people are going to be sitting with you at 2 a.m. when the devil's bombarding your mind with thoughts and you're trying to win. It's very, very personal. Most of the time, it comes down to you and the forces of evil. I hope you're not being spooked this morning. That's not the goal. I, I'm trying to create a hunger to learn these things. Here's what James 4, 7 says. So what do we do? We humble ourselves before God. We resist the devil. And we got a promise right here. He will flee from you. Little Doug Barch paraphrase. PD paraphrase, we'll call it. Pastor Doug paraphrase. He's going to come back. He's going to keep trying. The one thing you got to give the devil for is he's relentless. So you got to be more relentless than he is. Just keep resisting, keep resisting, keep humbling yourself before the Lord, and he will flee. He will flee. Amen? So you ready to learn how to win this spiritual battle that we're in? Let me give you a few things today. One, you've got to be united with the Lord. We're going to go on a little study here today very quickly. We don't have time to unpack much of it, but Ephesians 6 is a really powerful passage. And verse 10 says, a final word. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, writes this whole book to the church at Ephesus. He says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, when our kids were younger, we, we used to, we, we, we'd tell them, um, because it's a choice. They're going through something, they're going through a hard time, we'd say, be encouraged. Then we'd say something after that to encourage them. And, uh, and, and they would just, it, we'd say it all the time and just be encouraged, just be encouraged. You know, it's, it's going to work out. Be encouraged. God's going to just do this, you know, be encouraged. And then it kind of got to be a joke in our house. You know, just be encouraged. Mom said, just be encouraged. Dad said, just be encouraged, you know. And, th and they kind of had a little attitude about that. But, but, but here's the thing. This verse seems kind of similar. I know you're in a tough personal battle, but be strong in the Lord. Come on, just be strong in the Lord. I know you can do it. Be strong in the Lord. Seems a little bit like, well, come on, it ain't working so good for me, right? But the, the meaning here in the original language in the Greek is to be strong in your unity to the Lord and His mighty power. What it means there is not just some statement you can't get a hold of. It means to be united with the Lord. Be, be in union with Him. It's our closeness our, and our oneness with the Lord that slips. And when that happens, it's not the, it's not the Lord that moved. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you have to get some spiritual power. You have to stay united to the Lord with His guidance, His plans, His purposes, and you need to follow, we need to follow those. The other piece here is the word Lord. It's interesting to me that the verse does not say, be strong in God. And when you look at the original Greek, it does not say, be strong in God. It says, be strong in the Lord. 
What, what does that mean? It means to be strong in the Lord as He is your master. He is your master. Someone who has absolute ownership of you. So if you're going to win your battle, and I'm going to win my battle, we not only have to be united to a spiritual power that's higher than ours and higher than the devil's, that's God's, but we need to be united to Him as if He is, because He is our Lord. He is our leader. He's our master. He's calling the shots. It's not, well, I know the Bible says this, but I feel like doing that. That's not lordship of God. That's lordship of you. You just said, I'm Lord, and I'm going to preempt what God says because I want to do what I want to do. That's not what this is talking You don't win spiritual battles that way. You don't win spiritual battles by picking and choosing. You win spiritual battles by being united to the Lord. In other words, you've got to be strongly united to the one who died on the cross for your sins that God raised from the dead. And upon your profession of faith, when you prayed that prayer like we pray at the end of this, every, every service, and if you meant that, then he, something happened. He became your, your Savior, but the next step is to make Him your Lord. To let Him lead and call the shots in every area of your life. I got this one, Lord. No, that's not lordship. You got it all, Lord. That's lordship. Every area of my life. Amen? And so it's, it's hard to understand this concept, but it's really fairly simple. Go back to, the, to sports and professional athletes. They sign a contract with a team. And the team is going to pay them some, some money. They're gonna, it's going to be big money. And, and the team owns the rights to where they play. So if a team, two, two teams are meeting and say, you know what, I think we're going to lose today. I'm going to go play for the other team for a while. I don't fly. That's not going to work. In fact, they won't get the benefits of their team. They won't get the financial benefits, the coaching, the career development. They won't get the opportunity to play the championship if they're not all in with their team. And the same thing is true spiritually. If he's our Lord, that's got to be the team that we're fighting for and that we're fighting on. Amen. And so you, you, just, you just don't sign a contract with one team, play for another. So where are you playing for the other team? Get that back under the lordship of Jesus. If you want to win your battle, be, stay united to the Lord and, and let him call the place for your life. So that's the first thing, united to the Lord. Here's the second thing, and we've got to go really fast. Put on your, all your spiritual armor. Every single bit of it. In other words, take all the tools, all the protection that's available to you. You know, you never want to show up to a gunfight with a water pistol. You want to bring out the big guns. You want to have everything you got. You, got, you want it on your side. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rules and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits of the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. There's a specific time of evil, but we also live in a world of evil, right? Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Twice, three verses here, put on all the armor. 
So every one of these things is important. Why? Because this is a, not a natural battle. If it was, we'd lose. It's a spiritual battle, and we're uniting ourselves with the Lord of our life who already has won the victory for us. Here's the problem. If you leave one opening, the devil can take you out. You, get, you need all of this. So just a little side note, demons are real. Demons are real. The good news is when, when Satan fell and, uh, and he disobeyed God, God kicked him out of heaven. He took a third of the angel, uh, angels with him. They became demons. We got two-thirds with us because they didn't go anywhere. Anyway, isn't that good? Amen. So, so behind many of your personal battles are actually demonic forces. They know your family. You were born, you know when you were born, and someday we'll all die, either be that or be raptured into heaven. But the demons have existed for, since, since way back. They know your family history. They know the weakness in your family. They know what to push on. They know what to push against. They know what happens in different seasons, and they're working to, to get into the, your, your life. That's why many times we have a predisposition to something because demonic forces have been working in that area. You say, Pastor, this is spooky. It's not. Now, here's the thing. We don't fight spooky with spooky. That's not, that's not how we fight. We fight with powerful spiritual we weapons. And here's the thing for every one of us, that we can learn how to use effectively. You can learn how to use them. Those generational curses, those weaknesses can be broken. Which is why the, the passage we're going to go through very fast here this morning has offensive and defensive weapons in it. You've got to have both. So let's look at them real quickly. Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body, body armor of God's righteousness. So what do we need first? Protection, right? The first line of a defense against the attacks of the enemy is, is the body armor that is made not of your right standing with God, but God's righteousness, His imputed righteousness. It's not your ability to get it right that counts, although we should be making efforts there. It's God's ability to give us a right standing with Him upon our profession of faith and making Him the Lord and leader of our life. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we can, could be made right through Christ. This is, this is righteousness that is imputed. It's given. It's not earned. Nothing you can do to earn it. You get it as a gift upon your surrender to Jesus Christ as the Lord and leader of your life. It is imputed to you. You live and fight your battle, not because you had a good day and did everything right, but because he made you right when you put your faith and trust in him. And if there's anything that's sin in your life, you ask him to forgive you. You ask him to set you free of that. You get that right and you live with his righteousness as your protection. It's all held together with the belt of truth. It's not your truth. It's not my truth. It's God's truth. And here's the thing. There is a thing as absolute truth. God has it. We need to get it. So everything that God said about you in his word is true, and his word should become our truth. So you got to grab a hold of his truth. Verse 15, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. To withstand the push of the enemy, you cannot stand still. 
You've got to be going forward. You've got to have good shoes. You ever tried to run and you started slipping and you didn't have good shoes on, right? You know, somebody say, I'm not that fast, okay? But, uh, you know, it's all right. It's all right. I, we appreciate your effort, right? It's good. But, but here, here's the thing. We, we, we've got to keep pushing. So what do we do? We always keep pushing into the darkness. What the enemy wants to do is shut you up and, and climb you up and close you up. And what we have to do, that's why, that's why inviting your people, your friends and family to church and inviting people to church, being a light in the community is so important. Because what we do when we do that is we push back the darkness. We're using our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We're pushing against the enemy, taking ground. But there's another aspect of this thing that's very interesting, and it's fascinating. The word here for peace really means assurance of salvation. Now, there's many of you that when we, when, when we talk about giving your life to the Lord, you're just like, well, I'm, I'm a miserable sinner. Let me do it again. There needs to come a place where you know that you know that you know that you gave your life to Jesus. For me, it was May 28th, many years ago. <laughs> you want to know? 1969. I know the date. I wrote it in my Bible. The day you do that, you should write it in your Bible because every time the devil comes against you and says you're not saved, you should say, no, it is written. Write in my Bible. I gave my life to Jesus. So every attack, every time there's an enemy coming against you, you you're like, no, I'm saved. I, know, I have this assurance of salvation. Because what usually happens in our battles? Well, God doesn't love me. I must have made some big mistake. He's, he's just abandoned me. I don't know if I'm going to win. No, 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 no. You need to get back the helmet of salvation. You, you, you need to have that assurance that comes from the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen? You got to know that you're born again. You got to know that you, you don't have to have doubt. You're not going to lose ground to the enemy because you, you're assured of your salvation. Verse 16, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Ever seen a Roman war movie? They got these big body-sized shields, which were great. They're usually too heavy. Sometimes they were two-man shields. But, but if, you're, if you're going towards an enemy and they're firing fiery arrows at you, literally flaming arrows... You can hold that up and you can take ground. But what happens when they shoot them overhead? You're exposed. Which is why sometimes in those attacks, what they would do is some of them would then go into the middle. They would circle around, gather around, and the middle they would put their shields up. That's why you need a body. That's why you need a church. You need a part of a family. You need to be in a small group. You've got some people praying for you, some people standing with you. Right? So that shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Amen? Romans 8, uh, you say, well, what do I hold on to in the battle? What, how do I hold on to these, these, these shield, the shield of faith? Romans 8, 31 and 33. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Who dares accuse us when, whom God has chosen for his own? Listen, the devil's going to try to accuse you. Oh, you think standing here fighting, out, fighting trying to fight me because you, you did that last week. Yeah, but I've repented of it and I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to stay in my righteousness. Hush in Jesus' name and I'm standing my ground. We I mean, all got to get a backbone. Get a backbone. You don't carry a shield of faith if you don't have a backbone. 
you you got to hold on, amen? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us, love this, right standing with himself. Do yourself a favor. Start in verse 31 of Romans chapter 8 and read the rest of the chapter. If you don't shout when you're done, you didn't read it enough. Do it, go back through and read it again, amen? It'll give you faith. Why? Because Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You don't have to think about it. You just have to get it in you and faith is produced. Amen. The other morning, there was a lot going on. I, you know, it was just, I knew it was going to be a big day. That, you know, the next day we had a lot was going to happen. But that morning, before I even really became conscious, that song, I Can Do All Things Through Christ Who Strengthens Me, was going off in my spirit before I even opened my eyes. See, the Lord, when we get His truth and His Word on the inside of us, and by the way, one of the best ways to get it is to be here in your seat before 10 o'clock with your attitude right, forgetting about the week, heart, heart focused on God. So from the first note, when the worship team gets up, you're here and you're, you're ready to worship. And the more you sing those songs and you say, so man, they repeat a lot. Yeah. So on Tuesday morning, when you're going to have a big day, the Spirit of God can bring up that song on, on the inside of you. We sang so much scripture this morning, you didn't even know it. But the word was going in you. Good job, Trina. Team, amen. So just get here for the first note. And you're going to get more word in you. Verse 17, Ephesians 6. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. What, what, what protects your head from the lying thoughts of the enemy? The battle's between your ears. Your thought life. What is it? Fresh revelation of what it means to be saved. What it means to be born again. Yes, that's eternal life. Yes, it's forgiveness of your sins. Yes, it's deliverance from the power of those sins. Romans chapter 8. Yes, healing was provided on the cross. So much more. I'll never forget a freshman year in college. I was at a, at a Bible college. And the, the Greek professor came in and did a Bible study on our dorm. We're sitting there on the floor down the dorm. And he started talking about all the different benefits that were included in salvation, which I don't have time to go here today. I mentioned a few of them, but there is so much in your salvation that will protect you from so much of what the enemy's trying to do. Keep those things in mind when you're in the battle. And take the offensive weapon of the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is... Not a long sword. It's actually a very short dagger. Why is that? Because your battle is personal. And it's going to be up close and personal. And you, you've got to decide that you're going to win with the word of God. How do you destroy the lies that the enemy's trying to put in your head? You destroy them by speaking the word into that situation. You fight with the word of God. You fight back. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth you know that sets you free. Amen. And then he closes, goes on. We'll end with this one, verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Here's what I always encourage you to do. Pray before you know you need it. Live a prayed up life by praying daily, not just over your food, but having time with God in the word to be full of prayer. And then, you know, yeah, get others, but just pray, pray, pray. I don't have a lot of time to talk about this, but just build that reservoir of, your, of prayer. You're prayed up. You don't, you don't get ready for tomorrow, tomorrow morning. You get ready for tomorrow today. Set out your school clothes. 
do some praying before you even get to tomorrow. Amen? It'll be good. And here's the third thing. We, stay, we win our battles staying united to the Lord, putting on all our spiritual armor. And here's the third thing. Remember, God will not fail you. I love what Deuteronomy 31.6. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. He's going to win through you in your situation. If we'll just take our next step, lean into spiritual warfare. It's not spooky. It's not weird. It's just spiritual. Let's bow our heads. Father, this morning we thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you that we don't have to try to win our battles ourselves. That you've already won that battle. And so, Father, my prayer today is that every one of us would tap into you, not just today, but in this series. Lord, that we would, we would engage in the battle. We're already in the battle. We're just not winning. And it's time to win. Yes, there'll be resistance. Yes, the enemy will try things. But, I, Father, I thank you that we're more than conquerors. The greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I thank you that we overcome we overcome by our faith, by walking with you. Lord, we just thank you for that this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here in the building, if you're here with us online, you say, you know, I, I've never really made Jesus the Lord and leader of my life. I prayed a prayer to get my sins forgiven. I got my fire insurance. But I really want, I really need to make him my Lord. Today is the day. Today is that day. It's a day of surrender. And I want to invite you to make that decision simply by praying this prayer with me. Actually, I think it's very difficult to have him as your Savior without being your Lord. They're, they're connected. They're so connected. But if you want to make him your Lord today, pray this prayer with me. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, say it like you mean it. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to make me a new person from the inside out. God, I turn away from my old life and I turn to you. God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that you raised him from the dead. So Jesus, today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person. Change me completely. Be the Lord of my life. I surrender to you today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's celebrate. It's the greatest decision you could ever make. Puts you in the battle. You have an adversary. We're, gonna we're teaching you how to win that battle. And so I just encourage you, go all in with Jesus this next year. Matter of fact, take your connection card if you made that decision today and check off that box. I'm committing my life to Christ. We're not going to show up at your door. We do want to pray for you. And then really your first step is to be water baptized. And so if you want to be water baptized, check off that box. We'll give you the information and you can, you can be water baptized uh, even this month, later this month. And so I encourage you to, to do that. And then just go all in with, with what we're doing over this next year. If, if His place, if you need a church home, we'd love to have you at His place. Just we're going to help you. We're going to help you grow. When you get a year from now, you say, man, God's done an amazing work in my life. If you just go all in. Amen.